In this episode, we have the head of the school. It's Kirsty Hampshire. Let's get into it right now. Welcome back to It Takes a Village, the podcast from the Village Prep School in Belsize Park, Northwest London. This is the podcast to let you find out more about the school by hearing from staff, pupils, parents, and others in the school community. Come with us as we get into this episode right now. Kirsty, thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, and thank you for having me. It's great to talk to you. It's great to see you on here as well. We're recording this on a Monday. What, what does a typical Monday look like for you? Not necessarily this Monday, but, but a typical Monday in school. Uh, Mondays tend to be um, obviously a busy, busy start of the week, um, tend to make sure that we've got um, all the timetables out for the week. Everyone knows what's going on, what's happening today. Um, I do a bit of teaching maths on a Monday. Um, I have open house events. So we have an hour where um, we welcome in visitors to do a tour of the school with some of the girls and a chat with me and some of the other teachers. And I have a bit of a playground duty on a Monday. And then in the afternoon, we have staff meetings. So I finish a bit later in the day. Right, right. Busy day then, busy day. And it's beautiful, though, to hear the school life going on in the background, which is which is fantastic. It really is. Uh, now, Kirsty, you're you're relatively new to the school still, if, if I'm allowed to say that, although I, f I imagine that it probably feels like time is running away with you right now. It certainly feels like that. Uh, let's just jump back a little bit. I'm dying to know a little bit about how you got into education in the first place. Okay, so it, interesting. I came into education slightly later in life. I started off, I had my children very young, actually. And um, so my career started with um, my own company, which was a cleaning and services company, which sort of fitted around that. And then um, some of my circumstances changed. And I always wanted to be a teacher. My grandmother was a very inspirational teacher, came from a family of teachers, taught during the war, had some really brilliant stories and, and and the changes she used to make and the motivation she gave children uh, really inspired me. And so uh, as my children were both at school, I took up um, uh, full-time training on a, a teaching placement and um, then started. So yeah, a, a slightly roundabout way of coming into it but yeah well that's interesting that you went from running your own business then to, to to going into teaching how do you feel like having run your own business is helpful now that you're in this world of education I think there are several aspects to that there, there's obviously the aspect of being able to educate the children about what it might be like outside in the outside world running your own business or the legislation or the um, challenges that you might face all the exciting parts of running your own business but I think also from an education perspective obviously I've had experience of running my own company so now I'm in management in schools that also feeds into helping with some of the health and safety aspects of school or the employment aspects of school and those 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 sorts of things as well so it, um, it kind of feeds in in lots of different ways. Do you think that that generally speaking in education and nothing to do with village prep that there's uh, a little bit too much emphasis on on children leaving school leaving university and then getting their ideal job as, a, as an employee in a business as opposed to starting their own business that's a really good question I don't um, it's, it's interesting as my children are going through this now at the moment they're sort of young adults and, a, and my daughter is applying for law and my my son is running his own business so I've got both sides of it 
I think, yes, I think there needs to be more emphasis on the fact that all of us have different strengths and different different things appeal to different people. I don't think there is a one route way that it sh- that should be standard or seen as the best route because it, it varies so much from child to child and what their strengths are. Yeah, no, it's interesting that it's interesting and, and, and great for you to have perspective from both sides in that case. Uh, so I'm dying to ask, how old are your children now then? Uh, so my son is 25 and my daughter is 23. 25, 23. Right. Okay. Great ages. Very exciting. Very exciting time of life for them both in that case. Yeah, Absolutely, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Okay. So, uh, so you, you joined uh, last year in that case at the Village Prep. Yes. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you were doing just before you joined. Uh, so before that, I was at a school called Harrowwood House, which is a school for boys, interestingly, um, it, just around the corner in Swiss Cottage. Um, and there I was the head of middle school, um, a year three form tutor and acting lead teacher. So a multifaceted role, I would say. And what would you say are the biggest differences then going from a boys' school to a girls' school at Village Prep? I, th- I mean, the, the Village Prep on its own is a standalone school, I think. But I, I, I've taught in an all-girls school before and I've taught in different all-boys schools. And there are some general differences that, that you know, obviously with discrepancies on either side. But um, boys, the playground tends to be a little bit more of a dangerous, dangerous place to be on duty. Um, and um, teaching tends to be a little louder and a little more, ooh, they tend to be more excited about hands-on things but that's not universal so girls tend to be a little more structured in their approach a little quieter um boys tend to be a little bit more chaotic but of course I don't want to generalize because that is not the not the case for all children at all so no of course okay so so let's go back to then to the village prep so you 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 came along I imagine for for an interview I don't know exactly how that worked but what were your first impressions when you when you experienced the school when you saw the school when you saw the children in the school it's like I say it's a school that stands out um in all the schools I've worked worked in it's definitely a school that really stands out I think just the the ethos shines through in every way here the the family feel the teachers are inspirational and so engaging you know every lesson you walk into is exciting and the girls are uh, you know you know so interested and engaged in everything that's going on teachers also really listen the parents are brilliant I think it's just the feel of the school in general the minute you walk in you get that that community feel which is really lovely. People often say that, don't they, about schools, which where, where it's like you, you've got to experience the feel of it. You know, you can you can get so much from a website, you maybe looking at the photos or even if there's a video on the website, but it's only when you actually step into the school and feel it. it it's almost like buying a home, people say, that, you know, you can look on a, a state agent website, but but it's when you step into the home, that's when you kind of know whether or not it's right. Yeah. So. So tell me more about how that felt for you when you came into school for the first time. I think exactly as you say, it's a bit like buying a house. You know, the moment you walk in, you get you get a kind of feeling of for me, it was kind of a feeling of home almost a, a feeling of real contentment, real warmth. Um, and I think, you know, it is so important that that people come into a, a school to have a look. Like you say, the, the websites will all say along the same lines, you know, everyone, we're all aspiring to um, achieve the best for our pupils. We're all aspiring to provide excellent pastoral care, but actually recognising what is right for your child is is definitely walking in and feeling the atmosphere somewhere. And I think this is a unique atmosphere. Like I say, I've, ne- I've never been in a school that has quite such a, a wonderful feel. So of course, when, when parents are looking around for a school for their children, they often go and take a tour around a school. And then once they've chosen the right school for their children, in the children go, quite often the parents, I imagine, don't come around 
quite as often as well. It's it's like they're not seeing the school like they would have done beforehand because they're hearing from their children everyday life. But what sort of things do the current parents often miss out on because they simply don't see what's going on uh, after they've dropped their children off? I think it's that. I think it's the the lessons and the engagement with the teachers. I think sometimes, you know, that a child will come home and say, oh, I do. I did maths today and I did I do place value or whatever it might be. I did a bit of addition. But they're not going to see the nuances of that. They're not going to see how the teachers engage with them, how if they've struggled with something slightly, then they might, the teacher might provide them with that little step up or that little scaffold to help them. Or if they've, they've found something really easy, how the teacher might have stretched them to challenge them a little bit. Or just how a teacher listens to them, how on the playground, some of the, the some of the teachers, I mean, every day you see a teacher playing hide and seek or skipping or doing the hula hoop with them, you know, it's literally every day they they engage with them in, in, in such a, a wonderful way. And I think that's probably, you know, the children take it for granted, perhaps, but I think maybe for parents, they're not going to see that aspect, I don't think. Tell me a bit more then about that pupil-teacher relationship, about how well the teachers get on with the children. So I think um, for for all our teachers, they know all the pupils from, you know, the year six teacher knows the pupils in nursery all the way through. You know, that's the that's one of the huge benefits of being a small class sizes and uh, pupils staying all the way through. So I think that's a that's a huge benefit for them and just the the way that they listen all the pupils have this real voice in this school that um again like i've not seen in the like anywhere else that you know pupils always have a voice in a school but but here it is so important the the interaction um i did a course on um play therapy in, for children um last year and one of the things that they talked about being so important was active listening how um, when a when a child is talking to you, you're actually listening, and the skills to instead of just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you're really listening to what they're doing. And and you know our teachers have all got that skill without fail. You know, there's not a single teacher here that doesn't have that skill. I'm kind of wondering if many of the people listening to this could uh, could, could appreciate some of the benefits of active listening as well. You know, we all know what it's like when. Uh, when, when you're talking to someone and you can tell that they're almost waiting for a gap in the conversation so they can jump in with the thing that they want to say. And I, I'm sure that we're all guilty of doing that from time to time as well. But genuine active listening sounds like a, a great thing to for, well, for all of us to be learning as well, uh, which is a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you me- you mentioned about the like like the year six teacher knowing all of the children throughout the whole school. Um, how do you, as, as someone who's recently joined the school, how, how do you go about trying to learn not just the children's names yourselves, but, you know, each individual personality within each of the children? Um, I think that's a mixture of things. So when I first started at the school, I was on the gate every morning. So, um, and I was with um, our lovely um, site manager, Mr. Hamilton, who knows every single girl and will have a little comment for each girl. So that was incredibly valuable in you know, learning names straight off the bat, but it's going into classes, it's going into classes and actually interacting with the children. So maths lessons with year six, I quite often do snacks and story with nursery, Uh, year one come up and visit me fairly regularly and just wandering around, just going into classes. I do some one-to-one teaching with some of the girls in um, across the school. So um, assemblies when they might come and ask if they can perform or if they've won an award, all of those things, making sure that I am being involved in day-to-day life I think is really really important and key I think is sometimes as a as a head or in senior management particularly in a bigger school it can be really easy to to be 
sort of a face rather than really involved in the day-to-day life and I think that that that's key. How important do you think it is for a head to be a, a teaching head as well? A really important I think. I mean, I love teaching. So, um, you know, it's kind of one aspect of the job, perhaps that I I miss a little bit not having as much access to it. But um, yeah, I think it is. I think also, also being just being able to, uh, like we're talking about knowing the children, but not just that, you know, being able to um, resonate with your staff as well. So if they're teaching, you know, having some, some idea of the challenges they might face or the joy that they're getting and, and being able to celebrate successes across the school. So I think that's really important. You, you just mentioned about the teachers there. One of the questions I often wonder is what teachers tend to talk about when they're in the staff room. What, what does the staff room look like? Because I imagine that's a place where uh, where parents never come to yeah. uh, and, and children never come to, and, and rightly so, because it's important that staff have their own space. But what's, what, what sort of conversations go on in there? teachers talk about teaching all the time (laughs) someone said to me the other day the worst place to be is on a table full of teachers because all they talk about is teaching and it's so true that is that is it is an all-consuming um you know it's such a it's such a brilliant job it is you know the 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 joy you can get from teaching is so all-encompassing that I think that's that's what we tend to talk about (laughs) occasionally you know what are you doing at the weekend but (laughs) But generally teaching and and I imagine talking about the pupils as well, about how they're getting on in different classes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, tell me something about the parent community then. I mean, what's it like for you having joined the school uh, and for you to engage with that parent community? Um, They've been fantastic, actually. You know, part of our community is our parent body. Um, we've got an excellent PA called FOBS, Friends of the Village School, um, who are really active, who are in all the time. We have an open door policy, so parents are in and out, you know, whenever whenever they need to or want to speak to someone or just, you know, just as a just, just as a greeting in the morning. So they've been really brilliant. I, you know, I can't fault the the um, interactions we have and the helpfulness. So, for instance, we had an open, a Saturday morning open morning, and I, I just asked some parents if they'd be willing to help out and just come and speak to prospective parents. And you know, we had quite a few turn up or give up their Saturday mornings to bring their daughters in, um, which is phenomenal. You know, to come and come and help us is is really brilliant. So, I think everyone does really feel part of the the school family, and that's made it really welcoming for me. They've really, you know. Um, help me settle in. I imagine that for a prospective parent, that's really helpful for them to speak to a current parent because while they may get information from people who work in the school, naturally the people who work in the school are going to be, you know, singing the school's praises. Whereas to, for them to speak to a current parent, they, they, they're going to get much more of a, if, if I say a real understanding as to what school is like. I'm not saying that the teachers wouldn't give a real understanding, but 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 it's you know from a parent point of view, what what it's like to be part of that community. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a brilliant, um, a brilliant thing to do. And actually, we've um, since then, we've had a few um, international parents who haven't been able to come over and tour the school personally. So we've put them in touch with parents here. As you say, I think it is an, an excellent additional, you know, arm for them to speak to and see what it's like from a parent perspective, because, you know, we, as you, as you say, we can extol the virtues of the school, but we don't know it from a parent perspective. So their aspect is, you know, great to, to adopt to add to it. And how do new parents go about integrating themselves into that parent community, either if they're a parent uh, of a very young child who's starting at the bottom end of school, or maybe they've recently moved to the area and that their child has joined midway through the school years? So, um, I mean, when we start at the beginning of an academic year in September, we've, um, uh, the previous headmistress brought in a um, welcome back tea party, which is an excellent team, you know, so the, the girls all come in 
just before the start of term and we have a really relaxed bouncy castle tea social occasion where they can get to meet on an informal basis before they come into school um, girls of course come in and do taster days before they start where we can and then there's a the parents um, the uh, fobs have set up whatsapp groups so each class has its own whatsapp group so they're introduced to that straight away and um, they're very active about coffee mornings um, you know just uh, communicating information um, so yes yeah, so and I think just again the fobs event so Last term, we had the movie night and sleepover and parents, uh, move, not sleepover, movie night. And the parents are invited to come afterwards to have, you know, a, a drink and chat before they pick up the girls. So we have lots of events like that where they, they there's a bit of time for the parents too. So Fantastic. I love that. I'm dying to know what movie that was in that case. Matilda. It oh, was. A great one. <laughs> Oh, now, which version, though? Was that the American version or the or the, the more recent one set in the it's UK? It's the more recent one, the one that came out recently. I think it's Emma Thompson, wasn't it? Who was? Yeah, uh, she's yeah, brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Very, very good. <laughs> Slightly scary for some of them, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Kirsty, we, we've talked about school. We've talked about the children. We've talked about the parents. I'm dying to know something about you. Tell me something that you like to do in evenings or weekends uh, at least that you're allowed to tell us, um, that, that, that the parent community might not know about? I mean, I'm an absolutely avid reader, have been since, you know, I was a tiny child. So I was brought up in, um, so I was born in Zambia and then brought up in Cameroon. So um, uh, I learned to read um, fairly early. And I remember my parents saying one of their biggest, um, you know, they loved the fact that I read, obviously, you know, nonstop, but they took me on um, a very wonderful train in South Africa. And I spent the whole time with my nose <laughs> in my book. And they were like, you're supposed to be looking at the <laughs> at the scenery. And this is an amazing experience. And you're just reading. Um, so yeah, so I think it's that I mean, I always have a book on the go, I almost get a little bit anxious if I don't have a book on the go. Um, I'm always looking for recommendations. So <laughs> um, yeah, reading is my absolute go to obvious question. What's the current book that you're reading? then uh the current book i'm reading just starting is the tea girl of hummingbird highly recommended on goodreads so okay and so what what, what do you know about that book so far i mean i imagine not a great deal if you haven't properly started it yet but no but, not but at why all. did you choose that one then um i just love the idea of it I, it's it's based on um a girl who is in a place where um, they've had no real access to the world, developed world as such. And I think there's an introduction to it and how it changes her perspective on the way her family family lives and, and works. Oh, OK. And and any good book recommendations from you for, you know, people next time they're on a family holiday or anything like that? I love the books. Um, the one, The Beekeeper of Aleppo, Aleppo and the follow up to that, which I can't remember the name of, but I absolutely love those. They... Um, beautiful reads good recommendation there good recommendation I, I remember when my own children were younger uh one of the things i used to do quite often was to read the books that they were reading in school but i i'd read them whenever i was traveling on business and then whenever i came back we'd sit around the dinner table and we could talk about which part we were all at and that that, that was a great thing for keeping close to what my family were, were, were reading so i've read quite a few michael morpurgo books <laughs> great yes those are fantastic books yeah and an excellent way to um uh, talk about books with children to be really involved with it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Great. Kirsty, I'm keeping an eye on time. We're going to need to bring this to a close in a moment. But if anyone's listening to this, if they're a current parent or a prospective parent, more importantly, and they want to get in touch with you, they don't quite know how to do that. What's the best way for them to talk to you? So uh, come and visit us, I would say. Go on the website, uh, look up our number, just come and come and, come and and have a tour of the school, meet some of the girls. The girls do the tours um, and they're brilliant. They're, you know, they 
they really show off the school to its best um, in its best way, I think, because they also brilliant love that love that okay well that's perfect brilliant thank you very much for your time Kirsty. it's been great talking to you thank you so much for being here thank you very much for having me so that was Kirsty hampshire head at the village prep school and a big thank you to her for being here on this episode of the podcast